Hey guys, and welcome back to Hear Me Roar. I'm your host, Rory Sadoff, and I'm a functional health coach and somatics practitioner. I work with badass women to clear the bullshit and step into their power. With this work, women come home to their bodies as we unravel trauma, limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, and outdated patterns. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things health, mind, body, spirit, which is going to give you an encompassing understanding of what healing has to offer. Join us for some juicy, unedited, unscripted conversations with professionals in this space and some soul discovering and experiences of my own. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoy and let's dive in. I'm back. Just me today. We are going to be talking about my ayahuasca experience, and my medicine retreat that I went on. I have been extremely busy with moving part one, um, just so I don't know that I've announced this on the podcast, probably not, but I bought a house and a move in August one. And in the interim, moved in with Tyler. So I'll be here for the next three weeks, going to Mexico, fun stuff coming. But anyway. This is long overdue. And in the same light, I wanted to really give myself some time after the ceremony to really integrate and say, and think about, you know, well, what's different and how have things changed and shifted. And it's more of an energetic shift or change, which is really beautiful. And I'll, I'll talk more about that. Um, it's been really in my mind and heart lately. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it's been so beautiful. So I have some questions that I'm going to answer, um, from Instagram. And this is just going to be a candid conversation really with myself about my experience and, oh my goodness, boy, was it lovely. So, um, I am just going to kind of really run through my experience first, and then I'll get into questions, but ayahuasca was always something that, was in my awareness, but I never felt the call. You know, I've looked up uh, Solterra in Costa Rica. I've looked in some other places in Peru and I just never felt the urge. I was like, yeah, I'll get to it eventually, but it never called to me. And also the ones that I looked at were like seven days and seven nights. And this has shifted a lot since I've done a lot of nervous system work, but the thought of being somewhere international for me I just didn't, I didn't want to do that in my first time. I just knew that about myself. I'm like, I'm going to want to be in the States and that is what it is. So one of my mentors and somebody I really am inspired by and admire greatly, I was in her course, which I will have exciting news about that course soon. Um, I was in a course with her and after, since I was on her email list, I saw that she was doing a small women's group going with her shaman in Chicago. So I had a full body fuck yes when that happened because I was like, okay, I know, like, and trust this woman. She's incredible. She's in her utmost integrity and doing it in all women's group was very important to me. So it's actually funny. I, I immediately after I heard that I texted a friend and past client and was like, Hey, I feel like this is of interest to you. She does a lot of plant plant ceremony stuff. So boom. I had a girlfriend come with me. So that was a lot of fun and definitely helped, but also the fucking women who showed up. It was 11 of us, including the facilitator, um, her co-facilitator, the space holder, which was Stephanie, um, the woman who was, who really curated the group. 
And then there was another woman who was a part of kind of the facilitators group. So just so you know, when I talk about facilitator, I'm talking about the shaman. Her name was Adita. She's fucking incredible. And she's going to actually be opening a retreat center. So that should be more public soon but she was incredible. Oh my gosh. So she actually was very similar to ayahuasca, the medicine, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but very similar in the sense that she was like right on and straightforward and straight to it. No bullshit, but in a super tender, loving way. And that was oh, so yummy and delicious. So, um, this whole experience was very consciously created, um, just like any plant ceremony should be any medicine retreat should be um, done with a lot of intention and presence and care. And I highly recommend doing it with a trauma informed practitioner, to be honest, if somebody isn't trauma informed and facilitating something like this, I would steer clear because as you know, these medicines, uh, psychedelics can really bring up a lot and to not be done, or I guess you should for my experience, when it was done in a beautiful, safe, conscious, communicative container, it was like, there's fucking space for it all. Nobody left anything like behind or held anything back. Those women were incredible. Like they're soul sisters for life. And I will be seeing them again. Absolutely. But so that all matters a lot. And so to, to go into my personal experience, um, this facilitator had us go two nights in a row and we started at night. So we started to kind of set the space up at, I don't know, anywhere at 10 and just the logistics of it. Um, you start fasting at about 11 AM, 12 PM before you sit that night, that way, nothing's in your stomach. You can purge, you do purge. So just ensuring that you're all good there. There are some restrictions in terms of dieta that needs to be followed. I personally followed a vegetarian diet for two weeks. I cut out caffeine. Uh, I eat pretty clean. So non-processed foods, not sugar. I don't eat dairy or gluten. So that was pretty easy for me. <laughs> it's funny. I cut out caffeine like two weeks before because I thought I needed to. And then they were like, I had, and someone was like, I had coffee this morning. I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I do that? But it was good. Good for my adrenals. But anyway, so you set the space up at around nine or 10. And then we probably dosed, I mean, there's no phones in there. There's no time, but we probably dosed at around midnight, maybe 11 30 midnight. That was our first dose. And this is such a sacred ritualistic space. So Adita had to do 48,000 things before we even got involved. Um, one thing that I really, really loved that she did was she purged our energy before we even had medicine in. So there's a lot of use of tobacco and she started to really purge and cleanse the space. And then she does her, you know, shaman magic and we all go around and we smudge and we set our intentions and we're held in this beautiful, safe space, which was amazing. And then we all take our first dose. She calls you by name. And then you go into it. So my journey, the first night was, um, led by music. So the musical is a hundred percent, the vehicle for all of this. Um, the music really takes you and you can be doing one thing and then you're onto another song and you're completely in a different headspace. So that was a really cool piece of it. And then 
she kind of, I'm just kind of talking through the logistics now, then she rung the bell and you could take a second dose. And that's kind of, that was around like two 30 in the morning. That's when your natural DMT rises in your body. And that is the main ingredient in ayahuasca combined with some other things. So then you take a second dose. And then at sunrise, you have the option to take a third dose at the second dose. She required everybody to go up regardless if you were going to dose or not to just get some coaching, get some support, get some love. And even if you crawled up, even if you sobbed your way up, you went up. Um, and at any point you can go up to her. If you need support, if you need love, if you need anything, she is there. She is an incredible woman. Oh my God. She's incredible. So that is kind of the logistics of it. And then the next day we just had integration and we processed and we shared, we held each other and we ate some yummy food and we slept and then we did it again. So to kind of speak more on my personal journey, the first night was magic the first night. And it's so interesting too, because, and and these questions will kind of intertwine, but, um, you know, one of the questions was how similar is this to other psychedelics? And the answer is it is unlike any other psychedelics, uh, from my experience, um, other psychedelics take you to places that you're not necessarily giving consent to, like they're kind of stored in your subconscious and you're just kind of jolted there. Whereas mother ayahuasca is so fucking consensual. Like I would have basically conversations with her of like, Hey, I'm ready to go there or no, I'm not ready to go there. And she'd be like, okay, we're moving on. You can literally like, if something came up, I could literally be like, I'm not ready for this right now. I'm okay on this. Okay. New thought. So it's incredible. The amount of love and support I've never felt so connected to God, spirit, the universe ever in my life. We were having moments, me and mama Aya, of just like laughter. And she was just like, you know, winking at me and pushing me. And, you know, it was just like such a beautiful relationship. And for me, somatically, what was happening was when I would lay, so we're kind of all laid in a, in a room. Cause you, the way that you kind of fade out of it is, um, you just fall asleep. And again, unlike, unlike any other psychedelic, there's like no hangover for this. You're just tired because you were just up the entire night, but I didn't feel shitty in my body. You know, it's not like, um, Molly or MDMA where you're like clenching your whole body. So your jaws really sore the next day or anything like that. It's very, very, very gentle. Like if I had one word for mama, Aya, it's gentle, it's nurture, it's soft. So you kind of just fade out of it. Um, and the, the communication and the consent. So that's what I was saying. Somatically, if I would lay on my back in the bed, cause we were all set up on, on beds in the same room. If I laid on my back, that was like my open body being like, I am ready for more. The minute I turned over and was on my side, it was a processing moment. It was like, okay, processing moment, taking it. I don't need more. I don't need more downloads. I'm processing. I'm taking it all in. So that was just so beautiful. The way that she worked with my nervous system. And when I say she, I'm talking about, you know, mother ayahuasca. Um, and the first night was filled of so much gratitude and love. And I had these little snippets of just so much gratitude and love for the things I have. So one of my dear friends who came with me, um, got me this beautiful necklace that had, um, different color beads on it and every color, it was like color chunks. So like 10 beads would be one color. And I dedicated every single chunk of beads to people in my life. So my whole family got one. And then the last color was split between Tyler, some dear friends, um, my sister-in-law anyway. 
so I felt their power. I felt their presence when I was in my process. And what's really beautiful about this process is you don't really feel that far out of reality. Like it definitely jolts your system. Don't get me wrong, but you can function. You're not like stuck on the ground, glued to the floor type thing. So at least again, in my experience. So that was really beautiful because I felt their energy in there. And I just kept having these moments of gratitude and love and openness and expansive. And I was thinking about my brother and my sister-in-law and how lucky I am to have them. And I had this moment where I started to really process and grieve death. And, you know, I'll talk about my experience later in the night, but I had this moment where I was really processing my, my father's passing and if you don't know me personally, I am extremely, extremely close with my dad. I have a little face tattooed on my wrist. Um, I feel like I'm going to get emotional talking about him. Anyway, his name's Rory. So, uh, very close on that level. And he was sick for actually 16 years and I had no idea. He didn't tell any of us. And this is a whole other conversation until he had to, until he was visibly sick, we were grown up and he needed to tell us what was going on. And he kept, he withheld that because of love, because of, you know, being the man of the family and being the biggest, um, supporter and facilitator in the family. And so he withheld that until he couldn't anymore. And at first I was really angry at that. And then I just had so much compassion because I really would have lived my life differently if I had known that information. I mean, he got sick when I was four, he told me when I was 21 and who knows what life would have looked like if I knew my dad was sick when I was four years old. So there's been a lot of that processing of like, oh my God, the man who I think is invincible is actually sick. And you know, cross our fingers. Thank God he is in remission. He's been in remission for a few years now, but Oh God, if you know my dad, it's like, Holy shit. No, that can't happen. So anyway, that was a big piece of my process was like really grieving that like, Oh fuck, my parents are going to die one day. And like death is inevitable. Like everybody in this room is going to die. And how do I want to live? Like what, what is my purpose here? And just falling a lot into gratitude of like, I'm in my fucking purpose. Like what I do on the daily is supporting women, supporting men and loving them and reaching that, having them reach their highest potential. So it was a really beautiful moment of like, I feel so in alignment of what I'm doing and also really coming to terms with death of like, okay, everybody is going to pass. What are we going to do about that? How are we going to lighten the blow of that, if you will, and process that? And, you know, by no means did I process that whole thing, but that was, that was really present for me. And it's, it's also very wavy. Like I said, the music is the vehicle. So, uh, it's very wavy. Like it's, it's wavy, like, um, mushrooms, but again, it doesn't really jolt you to places that you're not thinking you're going to go and you're just there. It's very like, Oh, can we go there? Oh yes, we'll go there. So really beautiful in that way. And then I was feeling myself. So I went up and took a third dose and that third dose put me in the physical feeling of death. So I was grieving death emotionally. And then I physically really thought I was dying. So at a certain point, again, you kind of fade to sleep and I just 
so everyone was asleep around me and Adita had left the room. She'd closed the container, but I guess I was like in and out of sleep, dozing off, I guess, while she did that. So I woke up and her setting is once she leaves the room, you know, the container's closed, you can leave. So I had this feeling of sickness and I didn't purge it at this point. And it was sunrise. People were asleep around me and I just wake up and I start retching like, and there was, I, I had no food in my system. There was no water in my system. The only thing you could have was like a shot of tobacco water, which is disgusting and just completely dying, literally felt like I was dying. I was sweating. I was dizzy. I tried to get up maybe a dozen different times and couldn't get up. Like I couldn't fucking move. And I just was like, okay, cool. Like I need to leave this room. And I don't know if I need medical attention or what, but I was just feeling it. And what I did in that moment was like, okay, cool. So this is your death. How are you going to surrender? How are you when you're physically feeling so much, you're dizzy, you're nauseous, you're sweating, you really are like, you know, dry mouth. What, what are you going to do with this? Like, how are you going to surrender even more into this moment, even more into the gratitude that I was feeling earlier? So it was this like beautiful contrast of all this gratitude and then really feeling like death and saying, what am I going to do in this moment? And having that minute and having that multiple minutes, because I literally couldn't get up, but having that opportunity to pause. And I finally was able to get up and I go outside and I see Steph, the space holder on the couch who curated this group. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to bother her. So I go in their kitchen and they have like this beautiful marble table and I'm sweating and I'm just laying across the fucking table and they have a new dog. It's like six weeks old. It's called Zvetka because Adita, I think it's, I don't, I think it's called Zvetka. I'm just like thinking of the alcohol right now, but um, they had like a six six week year old dog. And it's just like nibbling on my toes. And I'm like, this is really happening right now. So then I'm like, okay, I seriously need help. So I wake Steph up. I'm like, Hey, hate to bother you. I know you're tired too. Um, PS everybody in the room is on the medicine. So Steph was also journeying with us, probably not as much, but was also journeying with us. And, you know, she got me a cold towel, she put on my neck. And then she's like, Oh honey, you've had a third dose. Like you're in it. Like go outside, lay on a, lay on a lawn chair, put on a blindfold and you'll be all good. And that's what I did. And that was the first night. And the second night was really interesting because there was actually a little bit more fear the second night, knowing that I've already felt like almost knowing what to quote unquote expect, which like your experiences can be wildly different, right? Like my experience would be nothing like somebody else's. And that's, what's so beautiful about the medicine is like, what are you bringing with it? And so the second night I, I was actually really fearful, fearful of just like taking the first dose and just getting catapulted into the space of where I left off. So like that immediate death feeling and thankfully I didn't. Um, but what was really interesting was my intention that night was to witness the stories that run me and the limiting beliefs that are still operating. And I did that all night. I sat in all of those beliefs. So I was in judgment. I was in fear. I was in lack. I was, so I was feeling all these like vibrations. And it was so funny because I was fighting them. I'm like, what's going on? Do I need more medicine? Should I have not taken this much? Blah, 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 blah. Like head, so in my head, so in my head, so in my head. And like halfway through the night, I just was like hysterical laughing and being like, oh my God, this is the point. Like when I surrender to these stories, when I actually let them leave, instead of saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to make of this? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm in my fucking head. They're going to stay. So with that, I was like, okay, 
how do I let this go? How do I surrender more? And how I did that was really coming into my body and really coming into my breath. And your breath is so powerful, especially in a medicine like this, because you don't talk, like you can go up to Adita or if you need support or anything, you know, you can, but I mean, the music's blasting, you're on your bed, you're processing, you're doing your thing. Like this is a very internal process. So the minute I did that, I just felt my whole body open up. I felt my chest expand. I felt my sacral chakra just open. And I was like, oh, you can let go of these things. Like they're actually, you don't need them anymore. You needed them for survival. And guess what? You don't need them anymore. So my ability to really let them go in that moment was really incredible. And integrating that has been really magical as well. And I'll get into that a bit more, but, um, at one point of the night, a random song came on. I don't even know what song. And it's funny because she doesn't, uh, the shaman doesn't really necessarily give out her music. She gave out a few songs. She just loved us. Um, but she's been in practice for almost 13, 13 plus years. And I think we were the only, only women's group that I've ever been with her and we've heard amazing feedback. You know, Steph told us that it was the most powerful group, the most mature group she's ever been with. And that's a fucking compliment coming from her. So, um, so anyway, she turned on the song that just like ripped my heart right open. And I, and I remember turning around on my back and saying, I'm ready. And the minute that came in, tears started rushing through me. And this was really all mom focused for me. And what was happening for me was this like black orb of energy, just like going through every chakra and every single energy source, just like going in and it was leaving. Right. So it started in my head and it was like going, 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 going. And I knew that it was leaving me. Like I knew it wasn't mine and I knew it was leaving me, but it was like, like I was, I was just purging that feeling of like, oh my God, this energy that has not been mine is in me and it's my time to let it out. And it was really beautiful because she started to ring the bell. So it was people's turn for the second dose. And it was almost my turn to go up. So I went up and I said, my mom's coming up and I started bawling in her arms and she held me and she kissed my forehead and she rubbed my back and she loved me. She loved me so much. And to feel that compassion and to feel that love and to be held And this icky fucking feeling of holding on to something for so long that isn't yours was absolutely life-changing. Her energy, her aura, her strong, like just boldness was everything I needed in that moment and everything I really never experienced. So that was incredible for me. Absolutely incredible. And Then I kind of just laid back on my bed and things were pretty like quote unquote easy from there on out, but there were some really big moments. And I think too, you know, I just kind of shared my personal experience, but everybody's experience can be wildly different, wildly different. I mean, part of my experience that I haven't really talked about, uh, openly a lot, um, is just, there was a lot of forgiveness, a lot of forgiveness for, ex-partners, um, people have hurt me, people have wronged me. There was a lot of ability to have a lot of compassion for the people who have hurt me and the trauma that's been done to me and done to my body. And like my heart just kind of felt blasted open in that moment. So again, everyone's journey is so specific and so unique and so individualized based on what you're coming in with. And what I will say is the foundation of nervous system work 
to be able to regular, regulate yourself, to be able to not let the feeling that's coming over your body completely overwhelm you and completely take you into a dark space is really important, really important. So breath, touch, noticing things coming in, like just having that awareness was so beautiful. And I was so proud of myself. And it's not something I, I feel often is this like pride and joy for what I've done and what I've overcome and also how I've wanted to make this my work. So there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful feelings here. And that's kind of my experience in a, in a mini, mini nutshell. It wasn't super mini, but I definitely could have gotten more depth, but that was kind of some, some shots of it. So I will answer some questions that I got real quickly. So where I did it, um, where I did it was at um, Stephanie Shaman's house. So it was located in Chicago. Like I said, I believe she's going to be um, opening a retreat center, which I'm super excited for. And how did I trust it? Um, what's really beautiful, like I mentioned, is it never it never called to me the way that it did. And I've done enough work on trauma and nervous system and connecting to my intuition that I could not ignore that call. It was like, cool, you know it when it comes. And that is the call. And that is the trust. Like really, how did I trust it? I was like, I trust this woman. So if this woman is doing this, it's going to be of the highest integrity. And I, I know I'm going to love and honor, you know, her shaman. Um, and then I kind of spoke on this, but similar to other psychedelics, not at all. Um, I think personally, I think having experience with all, basically all other psychedelics was good to know, get familiar with the waviness that it is, because I think, um, it can be quite wavy and somebody who might need control or go into the rabbit hole of a thought that can be overwhelming. If you're like thought after thought, after thought, after thought, I'm just like newness coming in and downloads coming in. So I got familiar with that wavy feeling. So it wasn't really overwhelming to me. And I also just like laughed. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can, I see you brain. And like, I'm not going to move that speed. Like, I'm not going to jump from thought to thought to thought. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to process. And if things are meant to come up later, they're going to come up later again. And I'm open for that. So, um, gentle, she was so gentle. She was so nurturing. She was so loving. Like, again, that connection, feeling that presence from that medicine, from that container, from the shaman, from Steph, from the other women was so potent, so potent. And you're not going to get that elsewhere. You're not going to get that with other psychedelics because there's not, most psychedelics are fun. I mean, they're obviously introspective, but like you can just take them in your backyard and have a day. Right. So this medicine is so sacred and the routine around it and the container that's set is so important to have. And I really highly recommend doing your fucking research because I mean, I think I listened to an Aubrey Marcus podcast and it was like, there's 500 ayahuasca weekends a year. Um, 500 ayahuasca ceremonies a weekend in LA, which like doesn't surprise me, but it's like, mm, what's the quality of that? Who's facilitating that? Are they trauma informed? What's the group like? Like I knew this group was going to be fire because I know Steph's fire. So I did a lot of research and also you'll know when it calls to you, you'll know it's not going to come from a place of ego. It's not going to come from a place of FOMO. It's going to be like, this is a full body fuck yes. And I'm ready for it. Um, did I purge? Yes and no. Um, I my body wanted to purge. I mean, purging also isn't just, um, throwing up though, right? Like purging is also going to the bathroom. Purging is crying. Purging is coughing. Purging is phlegmy. Pur you know, purging is spitting, um, gas, like all of it 
is, is purging. So I did throw up barely anything came out. Um, but I mean, I let go of so much energetically and that's what I was there for. So how did I know I was ready? Um, you just know, you'll just know if you're ready. It's normal to be nervous. It's normal to be like, oh my God, what the fuck am I doing? Why did I make this choice? Um, I will say like set and setting, like anything else, who are you doing it with? How's the trust built? What's the container like? Where are you? Where are you at in your life? I obviously think more foundational personal development work is really, could be really vital. Like therapy and digging into your shadows and digging into inner child is going to be really useful for you. Cause I think it's a lot, it's going to allow you to use the medicine to go even deeper and you, you won't get stuck on, um, how, how do I want to put this? You don't get stuck on like the, the, sh- not the shallow, but like the surface level thoughts and, um, memories. Like, I think there's an ability to drop into the medicine a little bit deeper if you're aware of those things already. So like, right. If you're, And also with that thought and what I'm currently saying, it doesn't matter where you are. Like if this is a yes for you, and again, you found the right setting, you found the right person, you have trust, go for it, right? Who am I to say that you need to have this foundational work? I will say it was very helpful for me because I was able to dive deeper and process things that, you know, I might not have the space, the time, the energy and the, you know, DMT in my body to be able to process. But I would say, just do your research do a lot of body work in knowing like, you know, starting with like, oh, do I even know what a fuck yes is in my body? Like, do I even know when my intuition is talking to me versus ego versus fear, right? Like really getting clear on that. And, um, okay. So the question was, how how did I know I was ready for something so intense? Um, I don't know. I guess it doesn't need to be intense, right? Like it was intense in a really beautiful way though. Like in a really beautiful way. Like I wouldn't use the word intense to describe it. I'd actually use the word gentle and soft and beautiful and honoring. Now, does it take you to perhaps intense places? Yes. But she does it in a really beautiful way, really soft way. Again, really consensual. And again, my experience is my experience. I'm not saying this has to be yours. But I want to speak on it so that you know what's available to you. I think people hear ayahuasca and they think like, oh, and it is. It's a big fucking deal. It's sacred. It's sacred medicine. And it should be done in a sacred space with a sacred facilitator and really taken seriously. Absolutely. And doing like doing your homework on yourself and also on the space that you're going to enter. But overall, incredible. I will 100% be doing it again. I want my whole family to do a ceremony, <laughs> which may not happen. Um, definitely probably won't happen. Maybe I can get some of them to go with me, but um, yeah, it definitely takes quite a bit of inner work to feel like you have the capacity. And that's, and that's kind of what I've been processing and really working with, with integration is my capacity is deeper, is wider because of this medicine. And also because of the foundational work I do, nervous system work, shadow work limiting beliefs, like all of that is really at the core of how we operate day to day. So this was absolutely life-changing. I can do a follow-up podcast if there's any more questions that you guys have, but 
do your homework, do the inner work. And it's not for everybody. It also is not for everybody. If you're hearing this and it's piqued your interest, this might not be for you right now. Literally, if you asked me six months ago, even seven, eight months ago, if I would ever do ayahuasca, I'm like, I don't know. And then it just came up and I knew, right? So do your homework, not just on, again, everything I mentioned, set setting, facilitator, environment, but also yourself. Like psychedelics are beautiful, beautiful tools that are not all created equally. And they are just that they are just tools. So how are you coming back into your real life and integrating? How are you taking the lessons and showing up different and showing up better? Right. I think there's a really easy way to abuse psychedelics, to do them for fun, to do them for the introspective work. And then what, right? Like everything is a tool and is outside of you. So what are you doing with that information? Is a really important question. And last thing I say is also find somebody who's, who will work on you, work with you on the integration piece, not just leave you high and dry because your nervous system needs to come down from an experience like that. Can't stay like that forever, unfortunately. So how are you processing? How are you being gentle on yourself? How are you bringing yourself pleasure? How are you showing up in a more aligned, embodied way from the information that you took away from that? It's up to you. And these are all beautiful, beautiful tools, but they are not the answers. You are. Like I said in an Instagram post, you're the medicine. You're the magic. So what are you doing with that information is really up to you. Thanks guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you enjoyed what you heard and you feel inclined to leave a review, I would love you for it. It helps a small business so much. And for those of you who do leave a review, take a screenshot and DM me on Instagram at Rory underscore Cassandra so I can personally thank you and you can get on my schedule for a free 30-minute coaching call. In this call, we can deep dive into anything that's present for you at this time. You can walk away with tangible tools and practices to start feeling better and enjoy your human experience just a little bit more. Thanks for tuning in and catch you in the next one.